How you doing everyone and welcome to the WAN show. We got a great show lined up for you guys today with some big changes. New banner, our producer Jake Bellavance now has a microphone. Hello everybody. <laughs> hey, how Whoa. about that? And we have a lot of great topics for you. First up, the end of the GPU shortage is nigh. Knock on wood, of course, because the last thing I want to do is jinx this mess. Also, we're definitely going to be talking a little bit about the uh, <clears throat> video that went up yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people had some questions about how that particular mess came to be. I have some teasers for you guys. We have locked in compensation for the head of LTT Labs. And we are going to be ready to announce a name next Friday on WAN Show. You guys are going to want to make sure you do not miss that. I'm going to try to arrange to have this individual on the show to talk to you. Uh, I've, got some, I've got some hints for you guys, and I would love to see if any of you get it right. So we'll be talking about that a little bit later. What else we got today? Apple, Meta, Discord, and more tricked into giving user data to hackers posing as law enforcement. Zero dollars in the chat if you're able to guess who it is, because you probably can. Um, also, Sony takes on Xbox Game Pass with new PlayStation Plus tiers, merges with PlayStation Now. Oh, yeah, and E3 is canceled. Oh, no. All right. Obviously, we're going to have to jump into our first big topic today, the end of the GPU shortage. That's right. Good news, everyone. The shortage hellhole that we've been living through may finally be coming to a close. It seems that there are GPUs available at a number of stores, multiple SKUs of GPUs in stock, multiple price points. I mean, the pricing is still a little wild, but Asus came out and said they are dropping the MSRPs of their GPUs substantially. And it would seem like if there are enough GPUs around, people are going to stop paying exorbitant prices to scalpers, which means that competition things should start to get a little less wild. Don't take my word for it, of course. You can see for yourself. I'm going to fire up microcenter.com here. It's going to just uh, do a quick screen share yeah, of my booper. We're already seeing the effects both from traditional retailers and from scalpers. Absolutely. Look at this. 3090 Ti, yes, $2,200 is a freaking lot of money, but it's only $200 higher than the MSRP, which yeah. isn't even that unusual for an FTW3 Ultra version of a top-tier GPU. It's already going to be slightly higher than the, than the factory version. RTX 3070 Ti, remember, this is a card that launched after NVIDIA launched the 3000 series with MSRPs that were really aggressive. Uh, so 3070 came in at $500 MSRP. Now the TI version is going today for, okay, $200 more. So is it a little inflated? Yeah, but it's not, it's not crazy, you know? It's not as bad as it has been. Yes, it's, exactly. It's an improvement. It is better. Exactly, man. And you know what? I feel like there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going, yeah, Linus, whatever, we know that you're running a 3090 and you can, you know, conjure a card if you feel like it. Yeah. Or... No, I agree with them. Whatever, Linus. 
But here's the thing, guys. Okay, A, we I actually bought more cards during this period than I ever have had to before. It's true. Why? Because we decked out the editing den. Oh, I yeah. actually bought a crap ton of super expensive GPUs. So that sucked, right? And number two, guys, do you have any idea how hard it's been to do our job? I've actually seen a lot of comments from people that noticed like, hey, you guys really pivoted your content a lot over the last 18 months because when nobody is excited about building PCs, you got to do something else. We got to find we got to find some way to to engage with people. And people enjoy the bling content when there's a reasonable downstepped option that they can buy that exactly. is still really cool. Like exactly. it's it's fun to see uh like some Halo product. It's fun to go look at some like brand new amazing car when you know that you can still afford a car from that brand, maybe not the same exactly. one but from that brand when it's like basically impossible by anything at all. Then you, how? Why are you even going to bother being a PC enthusiast? For people that me, where like I didn't used to back when I absorbed this type of content much more frequently. Back when I did that, I would do it mostly around when I was making builds. Exactly. I wasn't a fan viewer. I was. I was exactly. more like informational viewer. Informational viewers. What? You're not building computers, anyways. And like, so why are you watching? Okay, what's really cool about seeing the latest and greatest is that because, especially the way that things have been progressing faster lately. Because of the way that computer technology continues to develop and get more exciting, whatever you see that's latest and greatest shiny, you know, Halo tier product, well, that's probably going to be available to you yeah. as a mid-range product one cycle For or sure. two cycles down the road. Yeah. And so when everything, when even a, an entry-level enthusiast gaming card was completely unattainable to people i it just man it just sucked the fun out of it you know and yeah, for us too we're sitting there going what is even the point we can't not review a new gpu i'm not going to be like anthony don't even bother actually we did do that for one card i can't remember which one it was we were just like forget it but not not for like big halo major yeah, releases we, stuff like that you got to we can't just ignore them we it. have to we have to talk about them but how boring is it to talk about them and just go, yeah, everything's unreasonable. This sucks. It's this sucks. We can only make a video that says, yeah, this sucks. Oh, yeah. So Budget many times. build guide. This is like bottom of the line stuff. It's going to cost you $1,400. Yeah. It like. just it pulls the entire life force out of the gaming and the PC enthusiast communities. So I, I'm... I just, yeah, I, I'm, I am so happy. This is such a relief for me. And the other thing too is like, yeah, I, I was able to get a card for my personal rig for sure. But it's not like I don't have friends or neighbors that are affected by this whole situation. We had the neighbor kid come over and he's just like, hey, Linus, I got this. I picked up this used PC on Craigslist. He was basically trying to pull a scrapyard wars. He picked up a, a used PC on Craigslist that was like pretty decent, but didn't have a GPU. And he's like, and I realized that GPUs are totally unreasonable. This sucks. I'm like, yeah, man. I it does suck because for years we've been suggesting people that that they pull their own scrapyard wars, essentially. Go out, buy used parts, try to do all this kind of stuff. But the used market is just destroyed. Yeah. Like it's it's brutal. It's a total It's really myth. whack when it's technically cheaper to not go to the used market. 
Right. Like, that's just, oh, oh that's man. an uncomfortable situation. I've got a mind-blowing story for you. Our new, um, our new place uh, is, let's just say, could be a little bit challenging because the, the road network that leads to it could be a little bit challenging to navigate in heavy snow. And we don't get a ton yeah, of snow okay. in Vancouver, yeah. but for the last five, 10 years, pretty much every year, we've gotten at least one significant dump of snow that grinds the whole city to a halt unless you have a very capable vehicle and snow tires or chains. And not being able to get in and out of my neighborhood is a bit of a problem for me. So I started to exploit, exploit? I started to explore vehicle alternatives to our Honda Odyssey. Okay, yeah. Toyota's latest version of the Sienna, their minivan, actually has a, uh, it's a hybrid, but it's weird. It's like kind of in between a hybrid hybrid and a plug-in hybrid in that you do not plug it in, but it can run on pure electric for very short periods. Interesting. Very strange. Okay. All right. So anyway, but it's a hybrid, not a plug-in hybrid. But what it does have is it have is it has electric motor assisted selective all-wheel drive. So if it detects a need for all-wheel drive, it can actually go into all-wheel drive mode, which would be great for being able and not only that, but we've taken up uh, skiing with the kids and getting up and down the mountain. I'd be a little more confident in an all-wheel drive vehicle, but I am not ready to give up that minivan life cuz sliding doors, man. Oh. Trust me, okay? When you're a dad, you want doors that go like this, okay? Not like this. <laughs> like this. Yeah, can you manually go into all-wheel drive as well, or is it just automatic? I don't know, but it's definitely better than... Not being able to do it at all. Not at all. Sure, okay. Uh, Brutal George in uh, Twitch chat says, snow tires greater than all-wheel drive. Absolutely, we do that too. Can but snow both? tires plus all-wheel drive, Heck definitely, yeah. definitely a thing to do. So... I went to the Toyota dealership. I knew that I was, okay, A, there isn't a single Toyota dealership. I called literally all of them. It's like, there's like nine of them in the lower mainland. Not a single one had a 2022 Odyssey on the lot. Not for sale, even on the lot, physically on the lot. Nothing, not a single one. So that's hilarious. Number two, when I went in, I was already aware of this, but I was told that it is anywhere from a six to eight month wait, if you get lucky, to a two-year wait for the top-tier model, which conveniently wasn't the one I wanted anyway. And, get this, the sales guy, and he really like had no reason to lie to me about this because he's like, yeah, you're going to be waiting a very long time. Um, so I understand if you don't want to. I had someone call in earlier, and they, they canceled their reservation because they bought a last year's model used for $10,000 over MSRP sticker price. Oh. vehicle scalping oh. that's the new meta okay oh. that's what we've come to vehicle scalping that's imagine gross. paying imagine like what timeline is this where you drive off the dealer's lot and your car appreciates 10 grand <laughs> it's weird man get this it my, gets my, worse I went to go drive my girlfriend's car the other day mm -hmm. and uh, Chris Prime she yeah she she expressed concern uh because if i crashed it or whatever and i was like if i crash it'd be my fault like i would i'm not gonna just like leave you to try to figure out getting a new car when it's my fault and she's like yeah. no, no 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 i'm not worried about that you wouldn't be able to get one and right. i was like 
So when I went shopping for the car for my aunt and uncle, uh, they settled on the Mitsubishi Outlander plug-in hybrid. Okay. And because I told them, I was like, look, I know you're not I know you're not comfortable going full electric like Yvonne's parents because we did cars for both of them. They've both done so much for us over the years and it really felt like it was just the right thing to do. Both of them have done so much childcare. Uh they'll go shopping. They'll spend $400 on groceries for us, like load us up on, you know, school lunch stuff and and you know everything we need and they'll like not take money from us. So we're, we were just it was time to give back. Anyway, the point is um I told them, look, I, I understand if you're not comfortable going full electric, if you're kind of not ready for that paradigm shift yet, but trust me, you want something plug-in hybrid, I'm not going to let you buy something that's just gas. And I actually, I had some people who were quite critical of the way that I ultimately steered them and that they steered themselves. Like we went to see a lot of different options, full electric and plug-in hybrid, and they settled on the Mitsubishi Outlander plug-in hybrid. And people were like, oh, Mitsubishi. Uh. I tell you what, right now, they are laughing with gas prices being what they are. <laughs> And get this, at the Toyota dealership, morbid curiosity. I asked, because this was one of the other vehicles they were considering waiting for and they were looking at. I asked, what's the lead time on the RAV4 Prime? Guess. Year and a half. Oh, you're not even close, like Mr. Lafreniere. Too, I'm way too low? Oh, you're way too low. <laughs> like three years? Three to five years. Three to four. <laughs> now, <laughs> what the heck? Now... I don't. Uh, I don't think that it will actually take five years. That I seems think... like it was long enough that they were just like, whatever, just make it a really big number so that people are either buckled in for the extreme long term or yeah. just not at all. Yeah, or they just won't get on the list because we yeah. do not need more people on this list. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Whew. Yeah. Can you imagine making your car purchasing decision five years in advance? Literally, hypercars do not have lead times like that. I'm <laughs> yeah. serious. Yeah, that's nuts. So uh, both both my aunt and uncle and Yvonne's parents, my in-laws, their cars, the Model Y and the Outlander plug-in hybrid, if they were to turn around and sell them today, they're worth more than what they paid. <laughs> I think Brandon was saying his Model X that he bought like four years ago or whatever um, he saw one on Facebook Marketplace that is like almost exactly what he paid for it. Oh my goodness! Right, That's with crazy. A, with similar mileage. That's insane. It's insane right now. I wonder how long this is gonna last for. Because like <laughs> I've seen pictures a long time ago of like a whole bunch of I, I don't know if I think they're F one fifties, but it was some type of Ford truck. Yeah, there was just fields of them. Uh, and they weren't able to be sold because they were fully built except for certain electronics. Yep. Um, and so like, is, are they going to get a big windfall of those electronics and then be able to sell these things or like what's actually going to happen? I don't know. It's been rough. I don't know, man. It's been rough. Yeah. Like, this is, if this keeps going for a lot, it was, it was the F-150 and the Explorer. Okay. Uh, if this keeps going for much longer, like it's just going to get worse, especially with people with the gas prices going how they are and stuff like that. People are going to yep. want to file into the electric field and yep. then there's even lower production for that overall. Yep. So it's just, yeah, it's going to be bad. It's going to be, it's going to be a freaking mess. I mean, my Volt's worth almost what I paid for it. And I bought that thing like five years ago. Yeah, five years ago. I, I have I've put tens of thousands of miles on it and it's still worth pretty much what I paid. 
That's crazy. Man, if Chevy was still making the Volt, they would be... I wish they were. Killing it yeah. right now. Yeah. They would be killing it. Do you think it was just like before it's time? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. I mean, I think I said that at the time. Yeah. When I did the review of it, I was so bullish on it. I was so positive because it's got so much of the benefit of ice, which is that you could just go on a road trip, spur of the moment, you fuel up in seconds. It's an ice car, effectively, but it's got so much of the benefit of an electric car. Off the line, it actually, you get that immediate response. Um, you go short distances or like, yeah, sense between basically. yeah between seventy and hundred kilometers on full electric before you even have to turn on the gasoline engine. Yeah, like it's it's kind of an amazing car. And even when the even when your battery is depleted, you'll still get regenerative braking. You will still it'll still operate as a hybrid. Your fuel economy is like crazy good. Yeah, yeah. And I just, it drives me so, no, I don't drive a Bolt, a Volt with the V. That was such stupid branding. That was rough. Yep. Yeah, I, I loved, I loved the Volt. Just, ah, it just sucks. And, and you don't need as much lithium to build them. So you don't have to do as much damaging lithium mining per number of cars that you're building. Because you're not, you don't have to build in this gigantic range. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love the idea of hybrids, and I, I know Canada has announced like they want they want uh, 100% EV sales by I think it's like 2035. This Good isn't luck. in the doc, so I might get something slightly wrong. Um, and they they have like percentage targets moving up to that date and all this kind of stuff. And I was looking at that, being like, yeah, like EVs sound really good. Um, that's a lot of production overhaul to finish. And I know it's okay, 15 years, whatever. It's still a lot of production overhaul to finish. Yeah. Fully re-kitting entire factories is really expensive and really time-consuming. And never mind the factories. Where's all that lithium going to come from? Where's all the lithium coming from? I know from? there's other where's battery other technologies coming up, but I haven't seen anything they else actually here, going like, into now. production, right? Battery tech takes a long time to actually get in the field. I was reading about how the copper industry, copper mining industry, figures they need something like $100 billion with a B. <laughs> worth of investment to meet the growing demand for the next eight years or something like that. Wow. Like, it's not trivial. You don't just, oh, yeah, today we I... We want to do this now. We'd like to have twice as much copper than yesterday. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. These yeah. are these are projects that need to be started with five-year roadmaps to uh, regulatory approvals and build-out and completion until they're actually online, right? It's not trivial. Yeah. But so, but I, I was reading that kind of looking at it, just hope, hoping, but I don't think so, that they're actually including plug-in hybrids with that. But I don't think they are. I think they want pure EVs. And I'm like, I don't, that doesn't seem great. I'm far more interested in a plug-in hybrid. I don't know. Me too. I love it. I love it. If I was buying a car right now, I would be aiming at a plug-in hybrid. Yeah, when uh, when I was telling Luke, I was thinking of getting myself like something stupid, you know, get a Taycan or remember the... Um, uh, the crazy hypercar we talked was. about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it had the uh, the Nevera. The, uh. the, the name's easy to remember because it's pretty close to what my wife said to me when I asked if I could have one. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, so Luke was like, hey, uh, are you getting rid of your Volt? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's interesting. I my uh, The only reason why I didn't really is that I just drive so infrequently. Um, yeah, that's fair. But that's what the Volt's perfect for. That's true. 
the maintenance is like way less. You don't spin up that gasoline engine, except you I know, just wasn't sure like to... how much I'd have to pay. Like if I sell my car mm, and buy that mm-hmm. one, like how much is that loss and blah blah blah. blah yeah, blah. there's taxation and all yeah, that, all yeah. that ugly stuff. <laughs> Chasing Soul says Remac never gonna have one. Yeah, pretty much. I hear ya. I hear ya. Hey, is it not fun to dream though? You know how much that thing goes for? Too much. Two million euro. Too much. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one way of putting it. <laughs> anyway, looking at 3dcenter.org, we can see there is the biggest availability and lowest prices on GPUs in two years, and the prices will have to drop further for the cards to keep selling. In addition, uh, the previous American administration stupid tariffs uh, were lifted, and ASUS GPUs are set to drop by 25%. So here's the discussion question from Alex Clark. Do you think prices will actually stay down? I'm a bit concerned that NVIDIA, AMD, and everyone else, so Intel, I guess, is the everyone else in the GPU market, has realized that people will pay much higher prices for GPUs than they originally thought. What I think, think we were I think we were already seeing this trend. I think we've been seeing this trend over the last like four or five years. Five years? I mean, five I'd say we've been maybe? seeing this trend. The first time we saw a thousand dollar GPU, if I recall correctly, was the eighty eight hundred Ultra. And that was over ten years ago. And okay. so the idea of a thousand and remember, that was a thousand dollars MSRP, so FTWs and whatever. They were eleven hundred dollars, twelve hundred dollars. What year did Intel do that massive jump on their extreme editions? That was with the. Mm, was it the five thousand series I feel or like six thousand series? series I, I think you might remember. be right. I think it might have been the six thousand series. So. That's when it felt like it was very heated up for me. Mm-hmm. That's when like prices on a lot of different things were jumping quite quite heavily. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I don't think it's gonna like fully reset to where it was. Mm-hmm. I do think it's going to come down. Could it even come down more? Could the the less price sensitive consumers have already gone in, and now it's the people who are like, oh, I'm a wait. I think the I think the less price sensitive con- consumers are people that go in repeatedly. That's fair, right? So they might just go in again when 4,000 series exactly. launches, which is going to yeah. happen this year. So we're, I, oh. we're going to see Intel Arc launch this year. We're going to see uh, the next uh, AMD cards launch this year. What we 7, might 000. see is that at the very high end, there's a less less of a lowering than on the lower end, if that makes sense. Oh, Celsius corrects me. The 8800 Ultra wasn't $1,000. The original Titan was. You know what? That I Sorry, I screwed that up. It was probably $1,000 Canadian. Because I was working at NCIX at the time, so I would have priced a card at $1,000, but uh, that would not have been $1,000 for our Americans. Yes, thank you very much. Yes, it was the Titan. And the justification for that was the Titan had more workstation-like capabilities. And then they just stripped it in the... That was when they were like, oh, it's not a gamer card. That's why it's so expensive. It's a Titan card. It's different. Yeah. And then that whole thing went completely out the window. Thanks very much for that NVIDIA. If you want the best for gaming, buy a Titan. Well, they figured Uh, out everyone buying them was gamers anyway. So... And then they could charge more for the professional ones. So... (laughs) Whatever. What was the original Titan? Uh, NVIDIA gonna NVIDIA. The original Titan was $9.99. If okay. I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying to look up anything with Titan is so annoying. Good news then. GPUs finally coming down. Yeah. But there's bad news. Oh. 
The price of silicon wafers is projected to increase by 25% by 2025. TSMC has raised prices. Intel is coming into the third-party fab game. I'm super excited about that. But don't celebrate just yet because part of Intel bringing all those fabs online, I mean, have you guys seen the way that Intel is, I wouldn't say taking a beating on Wall Street, but they are certainly not a Wall Street darling right now. And there's concern that CEO Pat Gelsinger is just, you know, whoa, he's spending so much on new fabs. Will there be a return? They're going to have to make that back. They're not going to come in and undercut everybody. Right? Like they're building more oh, yeah. fabs no, because so. we need more capacity, even if prices go up. And I, I okay, I, okay, I do not do stock tips. This is not investment advice. Um, I think Intel's strategy is awesome and I think they're going to kill it. I think it's just one of those things that's a longer term play than, you know, your, your investment TV host is prepared to advise based on. Um, I'm bullish. I own, but I own no Intel stock. I have no plans to take an Intel stock position. The only investment that I have outside of Linus Media Group Inc., Creator Warehouse Inc., Floatplane Media Inc., okay, like companies that I and Yvonne control, is Framework. Okay, so I, I own my hundred whatever thousand dollars of Framework or two hundred thousand dollars of Framework. That should give you some idea, by the way, how much it's affecting our content. I don't actually remember how much it was. That, that was a conscious decision. I want it to be out of sight, out of mind. I don't want it to be about the appreciation. I just, I hope they've achieved their mission. That's all. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I make money, great. I, I like making money, you know, but I, I'm not thinking about it. But I like, I like what Intel's doing. That's, that's what I have to say about that. But Bring fabs online when there isn't enough capacity to other fabs. Makes sense. It makes sense, but it costs a freaking lot of money. Yeah. Uh, man, this video still hasn't come out yet. You know what? I'm going to give you guys a teaser because yeah, those Intel, those Intel Fab videos, they've ta it's taken a lot of layers of legal review. Uh, okay, a lot of lot of rounds of blurring and and small edits, uh, but they showed us. This is crazy. Uh, one of the construction projects that they have going right now, they literally built their own concrete factory on the corner of the lot because that's, they were gonna need so much concrete that rather than trucking it in, they just make it there. Okay. Big brain, big brain, okay? Hey man, gas is expensive. Oh, I love it. Guys, those tours are gonna be wild. Don't miss them when they finally get uploaded. It'll happen eventually. Oh. Uh, anyway, there's more bad news. Uh, as more foundries are getting built uh, in Europe and the US, there's greater demand for wafers, but the wafer-making companies don't have plans to expand as quickly as the foundries are being made. Yep. Oh, that's a big problem, right? The supply of actual wafers. Oh, balls. Currently, almost all wafers are sold through 2024. And some suppliers have said that all their wafers are sold through 2026. So for those not familiar, the wafers are cut from the silicon ingots, which are these giant, like 150 pound, okay, that's in the videos too, but we actually show a full ingot. It's crazy. That's really cool. Yeah, it's wild. Um, that's sweet. So they're sliced from an ingot and they're these crazy, super pure silicon. It's not just like, yeah, just go to the beach, you know, grind up some freaking sand. There's your silicon, boys. Don't work like that. So there's no 
There's no wafers, even if you have a fab, which is great, I guess. Um, however, even if wafers do go up, that should only be a you know few percent increase in cost, but it, it, it does mean it will go up. Um, Anthony also says, hey, don't forget about neon. Recent geopolitical events have affected the worldwide supply of neon, which is an important material. It's a noble gas, okay? Important material in the production of microprocessors. And the biggest worldwide supplier of neon happens to be... Ukraine. Yeah. So, um, I think I speak for everyone when I say, um, fuck you, Putin. 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 <laughs> I, I like it. Yeah, but you I know what? It. I don't even care. I don't even care what your name is. I hope history forgets you. Because, I won't, but that would be great. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, we should learn from well, probably not, mistakes. actually. Yeah, we probably should not. Yeah, we should it. learn from mistakes, yeah. but I, I, yeah, I just, yeah, right there, buddy. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, and obviously, that is the least of the problems being caused by what's going on over there. Just, it's disgusting, is pretty much all I have to say for that. I condemn... I condemn aggression in any form. So, yeah. Yeah. In other news, are we do we have any topics about April Fools Day jokes that aren't our own? No, I surprised. actually usually didn't really, the uh, usually the Wancho April Fools Day episode has like reviewing all the other people's April Fools Day stuff, but I don't think there's like any. I actually didn't look that closely at anyone's other than Corsairs because Corsairs uh, so funny. They actually sent us a working this. one. What? So I, even, I even though know what it is, it's it the 1% keyboard. <laughs> we have a, we have an LTT short <laughs> on it. I shot it with our, our new social, I think our Corsair new social K1 guy, RGB. yeah, the K1 RGB, our new social guy, uh, is off probation in like two weeks. So you guys will be meeting him very soon. Oh, I love that. It has a wrist rest. It totally does. Totally wow. does. Uh, this is interesting. How do you find a short on the web version of YouTube? I don't know. I have no... I, oh, here it is. Okay, it eventually shows up. Here, this compact keyboard is great for gaming, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to watch a short together. King of gaming keyboards, all right? <laughs> Keyboard for the one percent, okay? Very expensive. <laughs> I game on it, by the way. Oh, before I game, I have to go to Corsair.com. Wait, is there no? There's no timeline. You can't. You can't scrub. Oh, that's so stupid. Shorts are an amazing feature. Yeah, why can't you scrub? That sucks. What? You missed me going to Corsair.com though, Luke. Okay, wait for it. Wait we'll for it. it. We'll I got to get the drivers. I got to get the drivers, okay? Okay? <laughs> really? Okay, got to go to Corsair.com. Here we go. Corsair.com. Apparently it's here. Here. <laughs> oh, we have it. All right. Thanks, Jono. Yeah, here you go, Luke. You can you can witness it in person. The only key you'll ever need. Wow. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Shorts on float plane when? Uh, I don't I think we're don't think on we that? have pretty much any interest in that actually. Yeah, for the time you being. You could just release a short video if you wanted. We're not algorithm based. So like just release a short video. It doesn't I guess we make probably a should like upload them or something, maybe with no notifications so that people don't Oh, get they're spam. asking for you guys. Okay. I thought they meant like the feature. I was like, yeah, I don't <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I don't want to work on I don't want to work on that. We can just we can just have you How do you open this box? 
I'm sure you'll figure it out eventually. In the meantime, I want to give you guys some teasers. The lab, the lab project is very much underway. We have two people that are already in office right now. We have deals, not maybe inked, but at least penciled with at least two more. And the head of the lab, I am ready to give you guys some hints. So number one, it is not Dr. Ian Cutrus. Ian already came out with a video on his channel, uh, Tech Tech Potato. You guys should go check it out. His new venture is called More Than Moore, and he's in kind of an independent analyst role. So that's what Ian's up to. So I will drop some more hints, though, that will hopefully get you guys a little bit closer. Okay? It's a former written media superstar from like the the mid 2000s i genuinely don't think that's going to help very many people you don't think that's going to help very many people it will help some people but i genuinely think most of the audience is not okay white guy nerdy <laughs> yeah that's probably not that helpful either yeah no. <laughs> really in the tech industry <laughs> in the mid 2000s shut uh, this is amazingly <laughs> perfectly overbuilt, by the way. I know, right? That's, this, is, this is great. Sorry, keep going. Um, okay. They are a veteran of one of the big three tech sites in the U.S. Uh, they are relocating to Canada. All right. They do not have a prickly personality. There's some people guessing someone that has a very prickly personality, and it is not that particular person, uh, who I have oh, had my disagreements no. with over the years, but I think we're in a pretty good place now. So, uh, hey, if you're out there, um, I think we chill, right, buddy? It is not, it's not Steve from Gamers Nexus. Steve's doing his own thing. And I don't think I've seen it. I will give one more hint. They are currently... Uh, oh, no, I'm not going to give that hint. Yeah, that's too much. I'm not going to give that hint. Um, so far, I think it would be really hard if you gave that one. It's like... Yeah, I, I need it to be pretty hard. Yeah. Because I think there are still people that this particular person works with that do not know yet. Right. And and they should be they should be the one to tell them. Right. They should be the one to tell yeah. them. I probably wouldn't go that much further then. Yeah, I'm not going to go any further. I'm super excited to tell <laughs> you guys. <laughs> and guess what? Next week, we will announce it for real. I'm hoping to have this person on the show. Oh, nice. Yeah, which would be really exciting where we can talk a little bit about the vision for the lab. So they wouldn't physically be here, right? No, they'd, they'd have to call in. I think okay, they're sweet. not up here until uh, late this month. I should talk to... I've got a, I've got a buddy who works on this like remote call thing that's supposed to be better for streaming. So maybe I'll talk to him. But cool. That would be, that. that would be awesome. Yeah. No, I have not given a name before. What's the matter? Oh, oh, excited. And I don't think I saw people guess, which is good. Yeah. All right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he's not as big a heavy hitter as I thought. It's just been a while. Maybe I overpaid. Oh, oh. <laughs> jk we good we good jk uh speaking of uh totally paid the appropriate amount sponsor spots 
Uh, let's do one more topic first. Okay, okay. okay. Let's do one more topic. Uh, let's do your uh, your your social engineering topic here. Social engineering topic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let me find it. Apple, Meta, Discord, and more tricked into giving user data to hackers posing as law enforcement. Oh. On Wednesday, Bloomberg. Bloomberg. <laughs> Bloomberg. It will be assimilated. <laughs> I am Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> I am president of everything now. JK, I'm not president of anything. What a campaign he ran, though. <laughs> but you're right, yeah. Bloomberg reported that large tech services companies like Apple and Facebook gave user data to hackers who forged emergency data requests, or EDRs. Uh, EDRs are used to bypass warrants and subpoenas orders signed by a judge in cases of imminent danger to get subscriber information that tech companies hold. Hackers, uh, with some now a part of Lapsus, wow, stunning, uh, posed as law enforcement submitting EDRs using hacked email domains in 2021. The fake requests were made to appear legitimate, of course, uh, using forged signatures of real or fictional law enforcement officers. Data wow. released as a result of EDRs include IP addresses, phone numbers, and home addresses. That's a lot. Apple in particular is commonly cited as being more privacy focused than other competitors uh, and now has a non-zero amount of egg on its face after heavily advertising uh, that what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone stuff. Uh, it's I mean, the second Apple agreed to have a data center where all their Chinese user data is stored, basically run by the Chinese government, you knew that what they were saying was just obvious horse. Yeah. So why do we even acknowledge Apple's privacy messaging at this point? Phones are not secure devices. None of them. Why do we? Just, I don't I don't get it. It's like their yeah. environmental messaging. Just fucking ignore it. Yeah. In one ear, out the other, ignore it. If you like yeah. the product, buy the product. But understand you're just buying the product. That's well, it. Life is constant PVP. You have to understand that a lot of these companies like they they are they are paying an actively large amount of people to go against what you should probably be wishing for yep and trying to to fight you and and push you into situations where you think differently uh in in a beneficial way for them anyways moving forward uh in response to the news meta said we review every data request for legal sufficiency and use advanced systems and processes to validate law enforcement requests and detect abuse um Although that clearly didn't work. So that's a very interesting statement to follow that up with. Um, one second. No. Um, doo -doo -doo. Yeah, so there's some discussion questions here. How can we trust tech companies you can't to respect the private information they collect uh, if they can be conned into releasing it to anyone who claims to be a cop? Well, you can't in the first place mm -hmm. um, because mm -hmm. if it's digitally transmitted at all, there's there's potential zero days there's potential whatevers they could be like a lot of these companies are actually extremely good at security just to like just to be completely honest yeah i mean the fact that the that the point of ingress was social engineering tells you that their digital security might actually be great be but humans will always humans are always be a, a fly in the ointment and this sounds like pretty advanced social engineering yeah um uh, but you just, yeah, you just shouldn't, you shouldn't inherently just trust anybody with your private information. You should, you should try to be as careful with it as possible. Um, should EDRs exist? Whoa. 
Do the potential benefits of catching criminals outweigh the risks for consumers? I think that's maybe not the question for us. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even know about them until today. So I think weighing in on them is I am unprepared. I think it's finally time for us to do the de-Googleify your life video. It's going to be a ton of work, and I don't think it'll get a ton of views because by and large, people are not interested in it. They want convenience. But how to run your own as you know, your own Dropbox on your own NAS on your own network and just have everything be walled off from big tech, I think is just something we need to we we need to just kind of even in those situations. I don't want to like those those self-hosted Dropbox things is still running some form of software. People are still going to be able to find zero days for it. Yeah. I, okay. Yes. If it's on the There's internet, nothing it's not you can, fully safe. Sure. There's nothing you can do about a zero day. That's fair enough. But when we're talking individuals, I think the obscurity of the target is it helps a lot. A, a, a great degree of protection. It, not entirely, though. No, no, you're because right. By them... that logic, nobody would be looking at people's unsecured webcams, but they do. Yeah, exactly. So I because hear you. Because sometimes you can just sniff out targets, and it's yep. not even people actively doing it. They'll find a zero day, be able to sniff out targets, and they'll just scatter shot and grab everything they can, and maybe there's some banking information, maybe there's For some sure. other stuff. Whatever. But, you know, at least you're at least you're doing your due diligence. At least you're doing something. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I think we definitely gotta we gotta we gotta tackle that. We gotta do that. Yeah. Um, discussion question number two. This is uh, should we have ever trusted our private info to these companies to begin with? No. And Anthony actually put his notes in here, and that's why I no longer use most big tech services if possible. I mean, one thing that I will say from personal experience, I'm not going to give too much detail, but uh, I, I mean, I think I should talk a little bit about this experience. I think people not talking about it just allows scammers free reign. I think you shouldn't go into very much detail. Okay, I won't go into very much detail, but uh, my wife and I were recently victims of wire fraud. And the point of ingress was a company that we worked with that uh, had... Go further than that. Just company that you worked with. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna say who they what they do. Okay. But yeah. I'm gonna say what happened was uh, a third party gained access to their email system. Full access. So what they did was they basically, as far as we can tell, they chilled in there for an extended period of time. Yeah. Which is watching. Yeah. Once you got access, you don't act right away. So they chilled in there. They watched incoming things that were happening. They watched who the clients were. They they when they reached out to to us. It was in the tone and style of writing that we were accustomed to. The from domain was correct because they had full access to the email system. Our messages going to them were being diverted and then were being replied to from the correct domain and seemingly from the correct people. Even just like... Which that's going to get passed so much like common practices for 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 sniffing these types of things out absolutely because a lot of people will like okay uh this is a little suspicious in terms of the request or whatever so i'm gonna jump in i'm gonna check this domain i'm gonna check these keys i'm gonna do whatever but they had all that stuff mm -hmm. which is crazy and so you know the conversation that yvonne and i had i'm not even gonna say who ultimately was the one who sent the wire to what was ultimately a fraudulent address 
uh, you know, the other of us basically said, could have been me too. Could have easily been me. This is very sophisticated. Um, so, apparently, this yeah. is called business email compromise. It, yeah. it has a name. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and the good news is that through methods that I am not going to get into any detail, uh, even though some time passed before we were made aware, uh, we have been able to freeze the funds. And we are currently working through the fraud team X, some fraud team and legal authorities on getting it returned to us. So our sincere hope is that we are going to come out of this without learning a very expensive lesson. But I will also say that we will absolutely be putting more measures in place for any wire that goes out, any payment that goes out, because a wire is it's very tough. challenging yeah. to recall. It's basically like sending cash yeah. effectively. So um, Kevin Close in Floatplane Chat says, wife and I work for a bank and we deal with this stuff more and more recently. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's, I, I basically, what I said when the thing happened was that I, you know, I've never, I've never encountered a scam so convincing. This is, this is so many tiers above, you know, I'm a Nigerian prince locked in jail. All I need is for you to post bail for me and I will send you a million dollars, right? Like that, this level of sophistication is Very incredible. High. And I, the reason that I want to talk about it is that I have talked the talk in the past about how important it is for people who are victims of fraud and, and scams to not be ashamed and not keep it to themselves because it's so important to get the word out there. And I feel like even though I haven't given all of the details because I don't want to, I don't want to dox anybody. I don't want to get anybody in any kind of additional hassle, you know, um, I've given you guys enough details that in your daily dealings, and if you share this story with other people that you know, hopefully they can put additional measures in place that will help protect them from it because it was a really sophisticated attack. Yeah. And, and this this technically actually does not solve all the problems, but picking up the phone is helpful. They can change the phone number in which the was email. Done. Yeah, that's a, that's a fairly common yep. thing, but try to by like one digit. Try to yeah, try to yep. have the original phone number. Yep. Don't call the one that's in the email. That's right. Call the original one that you have or the one that's listed on their website, which again can also be compromised. Yep. And there, this is this is a yeah. crazy thing because they had access to the email, they had access to all their templates. Yeah. So everything was on proper letterhead. Yeah. And and th this was like a, this type a of multi dozen email chain going back and forth negotiating on this wire. Yeah, this type of stuff gets past a lot of the common practices to avoid social engineering problems. It does. Um, Trackle says it's not that sophisticated. All. Compared to Nigerian print scams coming from some random email domain, yeah, writing in the style... It's pretty sophisticated. It, writing in the style, continuing on with a current thing, a current project that is already ongoing picking up right where it left off with all the right names, all the right communication styles, email going back and forth correctly as far as the user can tell. It's pretty sophisticated by comparison, yeah. I wonder what that person's definition of sophisticated is because like DDoS isn't very sophisticated. 
So like, where is their zero? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, I think it's just a little bit of sort of armchair armchair coaching. You know. Yes. Uh, why did he drop that ball? I've done cooler stuff than that before. Yeah. So, know. it's tough. It's tough. Um, Kilvor says, can't you hold the company accountable? It's 100% on them. So it's a little complicated, right? We still need to work with that company, for one thing. Uh, for number two, assessing the blame in a situation like this is, I think, one of those things where it certainly wouldn't be as simple as full blame here or full blame here. Uh, we did send the wire. Um, it is my belief that the notification to us could and should have come sooner. But that's something that would have to be settled in court. We could spend so much on lawyers that it ends up ultimately not being worth it. Yeah. And sometimes you can sue for your legal fees, absolutely. But what if this is, what if this is a this is a situation where the company just kind of goes, "Well, okay, well we're bankrupt. See you later." Well, now now who's going to pay our legal fees? Someone will. So it's challenging, right? Yeah. <sighs> Uh, this guy does stuff. You know what? These are words to live by. No matter how savvy you think you are, you can be had. Don't be a jerk. Sound the alarm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to do right now. Is say, look, it happened to me, and I'm not going to say I'm the I'm the savviest customer in the world. But I'm pretty aware of things to look for, and this one, it got by my radar. There were things that smelled weird about it. And there were times, we, you know what? We, we probably knew better between the two of us. But we were in a hurry. And actually, that's a, that's a big one. Just being in a hurry. I was uh, just going to say, I think that honestly, the biggest problem here is that you guys just have so much stuff on your plate. And I was, uh, I was reading up on how people are defeating 2FA these days. And a big one is figuring out what the 2FA device is and there's a way to generate spam login prompts. And so once you've compromised the password, you then, you know, especially in the middle of the night, for example, you, you, you do like a, a few requests and people, they're not thinking right. They'll just return one. Yeah. And then you're in. And once you're in, you add an alternate recovery email and you, you can do all these things that they might not get a notification for actually a lot of services are better about giving you a notification when an email is added and things like that but there are there are still things that can be done that could compromise that could at least give them access and at worst compromise your access to your own accounts yeah there's also just like i mean while we're, while we're talking about security stuff i was watching um this video recently where someone was talking about war driving have I talked to you about i've talked about war driving before war right? driving i don't know if i'm familiar with the term war driving used to be more common back when wi-fi passwords were like just incredibly easy to crack mm -hmm. uh, people would walk not walk people would drive around with a laptop in their car with stuff running to just automatically crack all the wi-fi networks that they drove by and you could effectively make mobile internet by just setting up a system that would jump onto these networks that you had previously cracked as you were driving around. Um, someone was talking about modern versions of that because modern Wi-Fi encryption kind of defeated that sort of. Uh, except 
that a lot of people use extremely defeatable passwords. So it's like, yes, okay, you can't like beat these encryption levels or these like length of passwords in a reasonable amount of time uh if it's garbly gook probably like yeah there's technically a chance that it'll grab it on the first attempt but the chance is effectively zero so forget about it but there's a huge amount of people that just use their phone numbers so this guy drove around war driving but with it only guessing numbers, only numbers. And he used the local area code as the first few and just got tons of them. Like, it was ridiculous. <laughs> so don't do that. <laughs> so funny. Goodness um, gracious. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, all right. Security's tough, and it's an active activity. Active activity. It's a... It's it's an active process that people have to take part in, um, yep. and a lot of people and won't have boring. a problem. It's very boring and it's very annoying to keep up with. Yep. And people won't have a problem for a long time, so they'll let it start to slip, yep. and then they'll get hit, and it hurts, and then they gotta figure it out from there. Can hurt real bad. One of the things that I want to that I want to add to our data backup strategy is an air gapped backup. Yeah. One that literally, or maybe like. Oh, this would be kind of cool. Like, because we wouldn't try to do the vault. The vault doesn't have any backup. I don't care about that. But the real server, it would be kind of cool to have like three machines that are like physically air gapped or like, like you. Uh, so you, man, how would you do That's this? Either physically air gapped, like with a robot freaking arm that like pulls the Ethernet cable okay. out. Yeah. Or like. Um, you know, you go into the firmware of your switch and you you actually disable the ports. So each of them is like physically air gapped for two out of three days. So you actually roll to one. Oh, then it funky. goes air gapped. Yeah. Then you go to the next. Wow. Then it goes air gapped. Then you go to the next. Then it goes air gapped. And this one comes back on so that if you got hit by like a ransomware attack or something like that, you'd lose at max a day. You'd lose at max a day worth of data and you'd have a full air gapped backup because that, they that, can they can encrypt your whole network. That wouldn't defeat a super targeted attack, but that would defeat most things. Yeah. Yeah. Because super targeted would just wait until they were loaded on each server. Man. Yeah. Amazon Glacier asks Jax. Yeah, that would be that would be an option. Oh, Keter says doing an air gap for a Fortune 250 company right now. The air gap is done through a firewall randomly automating connectivity. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, again though, that doesn't that there are ransomwares everything. that will look for revolving backup schedules. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Like I love it. Yeah, it's it's not gonna stop everything. Nothing is ever air gapped. Stuxnet proved that. Says Cold Dew. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's fair. Yeah. If you wanna, if you if you want an air gap, create a gap of air. <laughs> that's the that's the best solution. Don't plug it in ever. <laughs> there you go. Solution solved. Oh man. Okay. I want a really big USB drive, <laughs> yeah. and I will physically stand there and copy it at random intervals. <laughs> oh oh man. no. Uh, and yeah. that still doesn't solve all the problems because if you're taking data from one machine to that air-gapped machine, mm -hmm. uh, oh, it could be a timed. It could be timed so that they technically sync up. Like it's 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 really rough. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy town. Crazy town. Someone asked, 
how I activate float plane in float plane chat. Are you going to tell them? Should we say? You should say. It's an April Fool's joke, guys. <laughs> if I remember correctly. It's pretty funny, by the it way. It is pretty. I think it's pretty good. That's all props to Jaden. Um, I had I had no, no, uh, I didn't come up with that. That was a, that was a creative day project. It's very um, funny on every float plane video. And what's, what's really hilarious is that this is actually a useful feature for float plane as a service. So people could have a watermark with their branding on the video. Uh, but we used it as just like a silly joke. We just put a watermark to activate float plane. It's not on the video. It's oh, down in the corner. The video. No. Oh, never it's mind. It's down I, in the corner. I, I misunderstood. If I remember correctly, if you click on it, it like, woo, 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 and goes away too, which is fun. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I thought it was on the videos. No, oh, I'm dumb. No, no. I was wondering why I couldn't see it. Oh, yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> All right. Are we, are we doing that though? Like a watermark um, thing feature? I mean, we could. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. I don't know. And that is how new features are born. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to do it for a while. The backlog is chungus right now. Yeah, and there's going to um, be a lot of lab stuff for you guys to <clears throat> be distracted by. Right. It goes away if you mouse over it. Ah, okay, yes. there you go. All right, Conrad, we will acknowledge it. We will acknowledge it. R slash place. There's a war. There's a war going on, ladies and gentlemen. It's LTTstore.com versus LTTstore.com. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. I guess that's all I really have to say about that. <laughs> How does this even work? I actually, I was not familiar with this until our social I'm media coordinator told me about it. Not sure. I heard about it back in the day and I was like, that's weird. And then I ignored it and then now it's back. And it's it's still weird. It's cool. I mean, do whatever. But yep. All right. Yeah. It's, there's like an uh, NHS flag. Is that National Health Service? Uh, yeah. There's a whole lot of a lot of things. So there's the '90s S sub forums. Just you know, they get in here. They they decorate their their shiz. Um. Yeah. There's definitely a Pepe or five. <laughs> You know, you know, yep. you know, internet, you, you, you're internet. And so if you have any idea what the crap this is or how to participate, you know, there it is right under GNU slash Linux. Okay. I'm actually, it's, by the way, GNU slash Linux. Okay. All right. We should probably talk sponsors. The show is brought to you. Thanks to Mac Weldon for sponsoring today's show. It's no secret we all want to look our best, especially as we enter the sunny days of spring. Mack Weldon is the expert when it comes to stylish essentials perfect for the new season. Whether you want to upgrade your loungewear or need new gear that stands up to the changing weather, Mack Weldon has exactly what you're looking for. With Mack Weldon's daily wear system, their clothes work together great, whether you're headed into the office, going for a run, or just hanging out on the couch playing Elden Ring. Getting dressed takes no effort at all. Now, this new Atlas collection looks great, and I bet you'll agree. Mack Weldon's Atlas joggers are weather-resistant, and the half-zip and full-zip jackets are built for success. Rain or shine with a comfortable, water-resistant, and eco-responsible fabric, so you feel as good in them as you do about wearing them. For anyone looking to step up their daily routine, don't miss these. Check out Mack Weldon for yourself and save 20% off your first order by visiting MacWeldon.com slash WANSHOW and enter the promo code WANSHOW. Again, that's MacWeldon.com slash WANSHOW and enter promo code WANSHOW for 20% off. Find your perfect look for this spring today.
Thanks to Vulture for sponsoring today's show. Vulture offers high-performance and easy-to-deploy cloud servers, bare metal, storage, and managed Kubernetes. Deploy instances of your preferred OS with Vulture's 12 pre-selected operating systems and the ability to bring your own ISO. Their advanced networking features are optimized for multi-cloud deployments thanks to VPC peering and Direct Connect. And with 23 server locations worldwide, you can spin up a low-latency infrastructure solution for your users no matter where they are. Vulture's Marketplace also offers one-click installation of more than 50 applications and operating systems, including instant Minecraft and game servers, VoIP and VPN platforms, content management systems, and cPanel. Right now, listeners of The WAN Show can receive an exclusive 30-day $100 code for new signups. Just go to getvulture.com slash LTT. That's getvultr.com slash LTT. Let's talk about <laughs> I was looking for something big and I was like e E3 canceled uh it's not big. <laughs> there's some there's some random little things. Uh this NCIX email thing. NCIX email thing. I I'm I have it highlighted if you scroll down a bunch. There's two things uh, down here that I don't know what Yes. I found it. Remember last WAN show I was saying somebody contacted me somewhere oh, yeah, okay. and showed me the customer support email that I sent to them. I found it. Uh, it was on LinkedIn. Oh, okay. Somebody actually went and found me on LinkedIn to send this to me. Uh, am I am I logged into LinkedIn on? My, uh, you know what? I'll just use I'll just use this I'll use the screenshot that Riley apparently uploaded to Imgur for me. Uh, what is the easiest? Ooh, hey, hey, there you go. Uh, so this is from uh, Matt who says, hi there, I'm buying most of a new PC from you guys. I'm using some of my old system to make a new one. I have a few questions. Firstly, would you, and then it's truncated. Here's my email back. Hi, Matt, I'll try to answer all your questions in order. This is a very Linus reply. You can see, one, just add this item to your card if you want us to assemble the system and warrant the parts and labor for one year. Two, yes, we will send all original packaging and documentation. Three, it adds approximately one week to your order to have us assemble the system. You know why I was so good at this job? I type really fast. Man, it drives me crazy when I would watch people who don't type like 100 plus words a minute. Because I'm like, how do you even function? I, I, would not, I would not be able to get through my day. If I, like, even on mobile, I did a typing test recently. I'm like 70 words a minute on mobile with my current Swift key correction. Like, I think that's pretty fast for mobile. I don't know. I've I've always seventy or eighty I can't remember yeah. it's like pretty fast and then on on like a good keyboard that I'm comfortable with like one fifteen one twenty and I can't live with less. I've been considering moving away from tall keycaps. I love the nine fifteen. I know. It's like I'm really fast on it. I hate not having a number pad. Actually, I want to get a separate number pad. I've, I I like external number pads, and I've I've known for years that I'm like quite noticeably faster on low profile keycaps. And I just, it's just, it's not, it's not like the thing, right? It's not the mechanical keyboard guy thing. So I've been resisting it this whole time. But at this point, it's just like, oh. I hear ya. Oh, I might switch over. I hear ya. Ugh. I've been asked to acknowledge, by the way, the MKBHD logo next to LTTstore.com. <laughs> oh, sweet. Nice. Oh, love it. Tech, tech YouTube repra freaking zent, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, okay, where's the... Uh, ba -da -ba -ba, where is it? I don't want to... Okay, if I'm screen sharing, I don't want to grab the wrong tab here. Give me a second, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? 
where where the crap is this? Oh, man, I'm dumb. Someone in chat said there's okay. 52 words per minute when they know what they want to type on a keyboard. You should practice, dude. Yeah, you got to practice. Do some typing practice. Uh, three, it adds approximately one week to your order to have us assemble the system. Four, yes, the parts you've selected will fit in this case. Five, actually, the RAM speed that corresponds to a 1066 front side bus is DDR2-533. Anything faster than that is icing on the cake or for overclocking. Six, you will not need a DVI to VGA adapter because there will be one included with your video card. <laughs> Seven, both PCIe slots run at 8x in a dual VGA configuration. This has zero impact on performance. Lots of data about this on the web. Don't worry about it. Eight, your caviars will run just fine. Nine, yeah, the stock fan is fine for stock speeds. Other general feedback. Make sure you get a sound card. It makes a huge difference, even with the lowest end sound card on the lowest end speakers oh, and headphones. That, that's old advice. That is no longer true, but yeah. back then it was. That was a big thing back then. Two, that PSU is kind of loud. I'd look at the Corsair 620 watt or the Silverstone Strider series. And finally, see if you can find the extra money for an NVIDIA 8800 GTS 320 megabyte. It's a significantly better card. Enjoy your new system. Smiley face. Linus Sebastian, NCIX.com, great technology selection and service. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Apparently, um, Matt did take my advice and got the 8800 GTS and was very happy he did. <laughs> so that was, that was my job. I was the PC advisor. PC at NCIX.com went to me. Oh, so funny. And then it was Ivan. Ivan was the PC advisor after me. Yeah, remember sound card says just Sari. Yeah. It was such a big thing right around that time frame, too. Yeah, USB external amp DACs are definitely a low way to go now. But back yeah. then, a sound card was a big improvement, and USB amp DAC combos really had not taken off the way that they have now. All right, I got logged out of the dock because... Thanks, Google. Hey. Uh, you know what? Let's take this opportunity to do some merch messages. Okay, sure. I'm trying to find... We, we are still uh, taking applications for the back-end and front-end position. It was asked before the show if they should leave those things in the dock, and we said yes, and now I can't find them. Genius. All right, Bellavance. All Our right. producer has a mic now. He's been waiting this whole time for his moment. Uh, why don't you uh, Why don't you read us some questions from the merch messages? For sure. First one here is from Jamie. <clears throat> Hi, I love your content. Thanks to you. I'm a CS engineer and now currently doing a PhD in computer architecture. Any predictions about the future of CPUs? 100 plus cores, accelerators, better IPC or EPC, etc. Good gravy. I mean, the biggest prediction, the most confident prediction that I can make about CPUs is that we are, I mean, it's funny how history repeats itself. In the early days of computing, okay, we didn't have one standard ISA that everyone used. x86 was not king yet. Yeah. And then over time, the competitors one by one got picked off until it was mostly pretty much x86 was the only show in town there were exceptions i mean apple had desktop computers that were power uh that were power like as recently as what the early 2000s i think was when when power got got kicked to the curb right but by and large it all came down to x86 well that's changing now yeah arm it's gonna be weird arm has experienced a renaissance arm is no longer just for smartwatches and then up up and coming is risk five x86 ain't gonna go gentle into that good night though 
It's a really incredible, exciting time. And I think what we're going to see is we're going to see more diversity. We're going to see more emulation. I think it's also going to come back down after that because it's pretty annoying to have all these different platforms. But but I think we need to diversify to modernize. And then, yeah. Exactly. That That would be the most confident prediction that I can make about the CPU space over the next five to 10 years. Yeah. Hit me again. Stefan asked a question, which I'm going to modify a little bit. What's your favorite retro tech outside of gaming? Outside of game? Oh, crap. Yeah, so they, we got asked this last week, yeah. and I was wondering why that made it into the curated yeah. questions. Outside of gaming? Man. Well, I loved my Canon PowerShot A20. This is... So the first digital camera I got was actually a gift, and I was like, gee, thanks. Because it was basically like a like a 240 by 320 like toy. And it was way overpriced. Like it was like $200. I was like, oh, please tell me you kept the receipt because spending like another $200, I could have a real actual digital camera. And they did keep the receipt. And this is what I bought. Look at this. Don't you love sites that have actually been around for 20 years? and still have full <laughs> reviews up of stuff that has not been a thing for 20 years. <laughs> Meet the PowerShot A20. I got it after the A30 and 40, like the, the couple of successors had come out. So I got it on a deal. It was like three or 400 Canadian dollars. Okay. It was 2.1 megapixel, which at the time, guys, you got to remember was the difference between a toy and a picture you could actually print at four by six and it wouldn't look like hot garbage. It had three times optical zoom, took compact flash. I had me some some 64 megabyte compact flash cards. I eat <laughs> compact flash type one. Uh, I had, uh, uh, what, what was it? Zoom browser software, okay? So I could, I could see all of my, I could see all my, uh, my, my pictures in this cool zoom view, like zoom in and out view. I actually have never seen anything quite like it again. Here we got some, we got to look at how well it maintains shadow detail. Okay, like that is a usable digital picture. And at the time that was pretty rare. Most people did not, smartphones were not a thing. Camera phones weren't a thing yet. Most people did not have a digital camera. And it was really cool being able to post pictures online. That was, that was unusual. It was actually really common back then to scan your developed film pictures. Like, that was an equally valid approach at that time. Man, I can't remember. I'm trying to think. Double A batteries? Yeah, yeah. I I never had a camera. I never had an iPod. I didn't have a lot of... If it wasn't for gaming, I didn't have a lot of stuff. Tech. Yeah. Yeah. And like, okay, uh, Conrad, every single time this question comes up, Conrad's like, bicycle. I think they mean electronics. Yeah, Conrad. (laughs) Okay, but Um, like Walkman or Discman? Not of my own. Yeah, okay. I was pretty lucky to get a Discman toward the tail end of when those were cool. Yeah. Like when Minidisc was already kind of a thing, I finally got a portable CD player. Yeah, if we, if we have to make it electronics, which is I think the the spirit of the question, mm-hmm. um, I think I'd go back. To, I don't remember what model it was, but I had this slider phone in like 2008. Okay. And I actually I loved it. It was great. It was very cool. Like you know, did it have games on it? Mm, I don't really think so. if it did, it had like Snake, and I didn't play it. I didn't game on it. <laughs> 
hundred percent. I played a lot of Snake, but carry on. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't game on my phone. Um, your electric bike is not retro tech, Conrad. Um, what was I going to say? The uh, I I always missed like you know when you'd hang up with an old school phone and you actually clicked it down. It yeah, yeah. Kind of satisfying. And and sometimes you slammed it down. Yeah, if you're those mad. slider phones, you could. Psh, Oh, yeah, okay. Right. Even flip phones, there's a bit of a slap to it. With modern phones, it's like... Rrr, 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 rrr. Boop. Well, you know Austin's super into the uh, the Z Flip, right? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he loves it. I, I can't get on board with it. I need. The I big... feel like you don't flip that the same way because you're scared, though. Want that big screen. I don't know. I, I have a feeling Austin wouldn't be he too put out if he needed to much. replace his phone. But yeah. I, I don't want to put words in his, words yeah, in his yeah, mouth. Yeah. But uh, yeah. All right, give, give us one more, Jake Bellavance. From AJ, how do you decide who hosts videos? Oh, that's a wonderful question. Uh, because everyone here is on the same team. And... At the end of the day, we're trying to optimize everything that we do. We want a good return for our staff, which means we need to make money. We want a good return for our sponsors, because if they don't make money, then they won't give us money. And we need a good return for our viewers. And when I use the word return, I mean like a return on investment. So every, every time investment that we make is to get a return, usually in all three of those areas. Uh, that's why uh, Intel Extreme Tech Upgrade, I think, is actually my biggest brain idea in the entire time that I've been running this company. Because it's, uh, it's a win for the viewer. They love it. It's a win for the company because we make money. It's a win for the sponsor because they love it. It's just like, yeah. Intel, thanks, Intel. You get to rain your products. This is awesome. People enjoy it. It's it's very positive sentiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a win for who was the last one? We've got the uh, and so it's a person receiving the upgrade. Yeah, and it's a win for our staff. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's like four times win. They're fun to watch too. I know, I love them. Yeah, they're really fun to shoot. They're a blast to shoot. And they actually include a decent amount of technical information and stuff. But I find, uh, like. Friends and family that are not technical will comment about those. It's the same type of thing with like Scrapyard Wars, where friends yeah. and family that weren't technical would be like, yeah, I like Scrapyard Wars. They'll be like, yeah, I like the extreme upgrades. It's like, okay, cool. Uh, Zetharion asks, how does Intel measure that the upgrade videos are the reason for a purchase? Um, there's different, look up the sales funnel, okay? So your marketing might target different layers of the funnel. Intel does stuff with us that is very targeted at delivering actual sales. And they do stuff with us that is more about just awareness. Sentiment, yeah. sentiment increases. Yeah, and, exactly. You know. Exactly. About Or about engaging with the community. Or in some cases... This is the same thing. Sorry to cut you off. This, yeah. is, this is the same thing back in the day where I would complain so much when, when conventions were like a thing still. Uh, um, about them taking their booths out of conventions. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I understand. It's not a good uh, form of measurable ROI. But also, it's pretty important for you to be there. Yeah. And so this is, and one thing that's really He's cool is that, you know, if I was Intel, I think one of the biggest values that I would see in it is all the different ways that their tech gets used. Yeah. I bet there are executives at Intel that are like, oh, oh, that's interesting. I guarantee you they are. Yeah. Based on some information that we've yeah. had and, in the past. And that's really, that's really cool. So everybody is winning. That's why I think it's just like one of the most amazing ideas a lot of the time the idea is that 
are come up with here are not mine anymore, right? We've got a big team. We've got a lot of smart people. We have over 100 years of YouTuber experience under this roof. How many people could say that? It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. And so, okay, how do we choose who hosts? Well, we're all on the same team here. We're all out to maximize return. So we know that right now for some of our channels in particular, the host that is going to perform the best in general is going to be me still. I mean, it's that I'm the one you guys are most used to for better or for worse. For some topics, there could be actually an advantage to having someone else do it. You know, I love it when Anthony hosts a Linux thing, but we had him co-host uh, a Linux video with James a couple of years ago because we felt he needed a foil who didn't know much about Linux because otherwise Anthony, Anthony can kind of get very technical sometimes. We have to rein him in a little bit, right? Uh, <laughs> love you, Anthony. So a lot of the time we're, we're trying to figure out how we get the best return. Sometimes it just comes down to scheduling. Someone else will host because I'm busy. Or sometimes it's about development. Sometimes we'll have, uh, there's one of the writers in particular that James and I are, are really wanting to get more comfortable hosting things on their own. And, um, you know, one of the things that I'll go out of my way to do is if I find that person hanging back when they're kind of on set with me and they're mic'd up, I'll kind of make sure they're coming into the frame and I'll interact with them more so that they get a little bit more comfortable. You know, hosting bits and pieces, and you guys get more used to them. And then over time, maybe my involvement is less and less. Maybe it gets to the point where we're 80% done the video, and I go, you know what? I got a meeting. You close this one out, and we kind of do it that way. You know, there's always. There's also, I don't know how much this gets factored in, but there's an ownership to it. If you if you write this video, mm -hmm. seeing it through to the end is is satisfying. And, Absolutely, and might make you care more about future videos, etc. Absolutely. Um, NZLION says, Aunt Alex was really awkward at first, but I really enjoy his enthusiasm on the videos he fronts now. Exactly. Here's the thing, guys. What we do is not that easy. If you think it's easy, try and do it. It's, it's not. And even with what I consider to be really excellent internal resources uh, you know, that people can reach out to for help, Ugh, I wish we spent more time on training, to be honest with you. you know, I, I, we want everyone to be their best. Um, even with that, it's it's hard to do. I mean, Luke can speak to that. Your early hosting stuff was awkward. Mine was awkward. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really intend to be a host. It takes um, time. I was not. Yeah, I was not ready for for that, and it was it took quite a while to kind of develop my my voice and hosting style and whatnot. And a big part of it too is that, you know what? I'm not a perfect host. I kind of yell all the time. Because I'm, you know, sometimes I'm just really enthusiastic or I'm just trying to, you know, project energy and I end up just yelling all the time, right? But I feel like when you guys build that relationship or that, familiar, that familiarity with us, you're willing to overlook a lot of those things in a big way. And in a big way, that's what's happening with all of us. And that's why I see the introduction of a new host as something that really just has to take place over an extended period of time so there's some strategy to it there's some just logistical elements to it there's um there's you know sometimes there's uh, people's own motivation right there's yeah, a lot of reasons sense. yeah okay why don't we do a big topic we can it's talk about sony seven. Oh. 
How long have we been streaming? Um, what the gravy? We've been live on the WAN show for an hour and a freaking half. Uh, okay. E322 is 2022 is canceled. Big surprise, says Anthony Young. Uh, great. Samsung is the latest company to partner with iFixit to provide official repair tools and parts. That's so cool. Super cool. Self-repair program that will give Galaxy customers access to parts, tools, and guides to repair their own devices. That's awesome. The program, as with Microsoft Surface devices and Valve Steam Deck before, it will be done in partnership with iFixit, and the first phones to have spare parts available are the S20, S21, and Tab S7 Plus. iFixit is actively writing fix guides, and the parts list includes initially displays, back glass, and charge ports, but no mention of batteries initially. Hmm, very interesting. Uh, Kyle Weens told The Verge that the display assemblies would come with batteries pre-glued to them because without peel tabs, the only way to get them off normally is with a lot of isopropyl. Interesting. Maybe we will continue to see this improve, we hope. Mm, that right. would have to be on the repairability side of things, I think, though. Apple rolls out an App Store policy allowing reader apps to link to their website. This could be pretty good for Floatplane. Hopefully. We hope. We'll see if they just block it anyways, but yeah, hopefully. And how to build a PC, the last guide you'll ever need, is delayed to next weekend, but this time it's for real. It's finished. The last writer review is done. It's only missing a final QC pass, but it will not be possible to do before this weekend because it will take two hours. Because it's about that long. <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. You must hear this. Uh, Bell, do, how much of a producer are you actually? Do you have a way of us... Do you have a way of muting us? I can, yeah. You can. Okay. This is really funny. Um, <laughs> there's a song. There's a song, and I would like, if you guys have like a Spotify or YouTube Music or Apple Music subscription or whatever, uh, you guys can listen along with us, but we're going to mute it. I'm going to press play. We're all going to press play at the same time, Okay. It's by the Mom Boys, M-O-M-E Boys. It's called Still Beat. I will let you guys look that up. You got, you got 30 seconds to get your phone or your web browser open or whatever. We're going to listen to this. And Luke and I are going to listen to it. We're just going to mute ourselves till we get to the moment. And it'll be very clear what the moment is. And then Bell's going to kick our audio back on. Thank you, Jake. Uh, I think that's been enough 30 seconds. This is the Mome Boys. It's called Still Beat. M-O-M-E. Yep. Okay. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Let's go. I don't want to copyright strike.
Oh, so I I read the lyric ahead of time, so I knew it was coming too. But I was Why just like, "What?" Well, I didn't know it was happening. I was in the, it was in the dock. It was in the dock. Um, oh what? I don't. I, this it fit in the song, which is kind of amazing. Like it actually sort of worked. Is that oh. peak weird champ or what? Like. Mine has just said peak weird champ. I think that's a new one. <laughs> oh, oh man. How does it feel to be featured in a rap song? I mean, I'm glad it wasn't a diss track, at least, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what is the lyric? She gave me dome. That's a Linus Tech let tip. Me, let me bring it up. <laughs> She gave me brain. Brain. Sorry. Sorry. Brain. That's a Linus Tech tip. Okay. I got the manners. I can't double dip. She gave me brain. That's a Linus Tech tip. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right. So, uh, hey, man. That's the thing that happened today. <laughs> Someone alerted me to this two days ago, and I was saving it. So that I could show you on the web. Yeah, I didn't know what it was, so I clicked on the the yeah. Twitter link that's in the doc, and then the lyrics just right there. So, oh, I was just like, so this isn't bad. even the first one because you're also there's a Kanye really? cover where someone used an AI of your voice to cover a Kanye West song. Okay, that's a cover though. This is an actual song yeah. by, as far as I can tell, an actual artist that has actually published like multiple albums and stuff. Like, I was, I was listening to this going, wait, what? Yeah, like, doesn't this song actually have, like, yeah, it has a million views. Wow. Uh, apparently, it's two years old. Yeah, like, this is not new, either. I, I had no, how did nobody send this to me I'm until now? pretty surprised, yeah. Unbelievable. All right. It's time to acknowledge the April Fool's video. Okay. The biggest question that I think everyone has been asking. And Why first of all, wasn't a cheese sponsor. First of all, yeah, that's one question. <laughs> Let me tell you guys, thank you very much for A supporting us and B sharing our deranged sense of humor. Yeah, we did need a lot of support in order to launch that coin. We thought it was very funny, but like with any like kind of you know April Fool's hard to tell. gag video or whatever, right? Yeah, you never know if you've kind of gone too far off the rails. Especially now that YouTube doesn't show dislikes, that video looks legit AF because it has ninety three thousand likes. People can't see that it also has nine thousand dislikes. I can see that, so I wanted to thank you guys for your for your support. Um, sharing our sense of humor and watching the video and enjoying it. And then I also want to thank you for your support because the answer is yes. Every sponsor yeah. actually paid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very valuable April Fool's joke. I think that might have been the most profitable video that we have ever uploaded, which is hilarious because it was just, it was one of those ideas. We have a doc of April Fool's ideas. It is the holiday that as a company, I think we take most seriously from an external point of view. Like we we have a Christmas party every year and stuff like that. But like 
we have not missed April Fools, April Fools for eight years. Yeah. Eight years. And some of the early ones were pretty low effort, but I think the last five or six have been freaking hilarious. We have so much fun making them. Riley is an evil genius. Uh, he was the writer for that. James worked with him on it as well. I made some tweaks, but you got to give Riley, especially Riley and James, just so much credit for it. It's so funny. Um, the number of people that are like, you know, I watched this like first thing when I woke up, like at breakfast. And by the, it wasn't until the cheese that it finally like <laughs> glued in that this was not just. There's people that didn't get it, as far as I can it's tell. Oh, yeah. That are legit mad. Yeah. Think we, you know. Uh, that happens every time. Like I, I, I've told a few people, but I was talking internally about uh, the two that that my team did because we did we did one on. Uh, Linusectips.com, which is the forum, yep. changed it to Comic Sans. Yep. And we did the one on Flowplane that we talked about earlier where it says, like, your Flowplane is not activated. It's supposed to look like the Windows logo. And I told everybody on the team, like, there is going to be bug reports about this. Like, it that's completely fine. We can move forward. But, like, customer support needs to know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we, we got to give some heads up to, to whoever's going to be involved with answering that stuff. And, like, within minutes of the Comic Sans flipping on, there was, like, a, a full properly written up bug report with, like, browser version and everything. And it's like, yeah. Which, I, yeah, that's great. That's I mean, it was it was a very well-written bug report if there was an actual problem. Yeah, thank you. Um, but, Yeah. Sometimes people just forget it's April Fool's and then they get really confused. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, though, there is one exception. Uh, Zach, uh, Jerry Rig Everything, did not pay for the knife feature. We just thought it was hilarious because uh, we did a short unboxing yeah, his, yeah, yeah. his like box opener and it's got like 3 million views. It's one of the highest viewed shorts we've ever done as a company. And it's just me opening a knife and his sales of his sales of of his box opener knife thing went like <laughs> with that video because you know obviously he's talking to a completely different audience right like we're talking yeah. to our audience so compared to you can only mention your own stuff to your own audience so many times before it becomes a little less effective right so hitting a completely new audience and on a video that got three million views it was about nothing other than the knife right it's not even a mention embedded in something so i just thought that was so funny and i just i loved it so they were like yeah let's freaking sponsored by jerry Rick everything <laughs> here we go boys oh i love it oh i love it ah anyway i did notice that not even in the sponsor shill video did floatplane get a shout out sponsor shill video yeah April Fools. There's no full plane shout out. There's right. an LTT store one at the end. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. We did a really good shout out for you guys in Million Dollar Unboxing Part Three. Oh, sweet. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And should I tell them? No, not yet. Let me make sure it's actually going to work. First. I'm going to tell them. You'll make it work. What? I, I haven't even been able work. to talk to the guy that needs I know, to do the stuff. I know, but you'll what make if he it can't work. do it? You'll and it he work. still has to finish the other thing that he's still working. You'll on. make it work eventually. He's sick, right? Okay. Yeah, I won't say when. How about that? Compromise? What if the screwdriver's out before it works? Uh, that won't happen. Because <laughs> you'll make it work before then. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, are you going to say why? Because we were going to wait until we could say why. So. Because there's like a reason why. I will say, I will say what we are. Can we just say next week? Okay. I am considering okay. opening up 
pre-orders for the screwdriver to float plane peeps who I think will be a little more understanding if it does get delayed. It also depends on whether next week I should hear back from engineering about whether our last just our last issue with the ratchet is fully resolved. So, okay, next week might be better timing. People seem excited. Oh, this is also float plane. But I might float be desperate. Chat seems excited. <laughs> I might be desperate and I have some reasons that hopefully by next week I will also be able to share with you about why I kind of need the cash right now. Um, we're, I mean, one of them is that uh, that head of labs is coming and not cheap. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of reasons though. And there's one big one in particular that could mean that I will just definitely need some cash before I am ready to ship. People are like, a pre-order doesn't mean we get it any earlier. Yeah, that's true. 100%. So that's one of the reasons that we're locking it to just Flowplane, because I feel like with you guys, I can make a dedicated video that's like, hey, here's what's going on. You really need to watch this. I can trust you guys to actually watch it and listen thoroughly and nicely educate each other if someone didn't get the memo. Whereas if we just open it up broadly, I feel like we could create a bunch of customer support issues and stuff We're like that. We're also trying to figure out how to like make it so that if you do buy the screwdriver, you get like a month or two free on Flowplane or something. Yeah, some kind of benefit. But yeah, there's some technical hurdles there. And at least one of the people that would need to work on it is currently slammed working on other stuff and is also sick right now. So he's actually not working on anything. So yeah, it's not gonna happen right away. These guys are all like backpack as well, backpack as well. Here's a problem with the backpack. We have almost as many registrations for notifications as our entire production. Not the first wave, not the first and second wave, all three delivery waves. I am deeply worried about backpack stock, and the reality of it is we are not going to allow people to jump the queue, not even float plane. So people who have signed up for notifications, I'm less worried about it with screwdriver, though, in fairness, I don't know if you know these numbers. Um, the I heard them a bit ago, but I haven't heard updates from them. Interest in them has been extremely high. Uh, Nick sends me updates every few days because he's just like, freaking what? <laughs> Uh, the last update he sent me is, oh, where is it? Come on, Nick Light. Oh, we were chatting so much last night that it's uh, a bit of a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, here we go. So we're sitting at over 20,000 for backpack, like somewhere between 20 and 25,000. We have 30,000 backpacks coming, so that's a problem. And for screwdriver, we're sitting between 35,000 and 40,000. The only reason I'm not concerned about screwdriver is that we have a lot more inventory and our manufacturing capacity is higher. Right. So yeah, if yeah. we have to ramp, we can ramp. It'll take time, but we can ramp. So I, I don't want to let anyone jump the queue. The best thing to do for the backpack is get on that notification list if you haven't already. But for screwdriver, I think we could open it up for float plane to pre-order. That would help us loosen our cash flow a little bit. And then we can go from there. Yeah. 
first messages and head on out? Oh, yeah, yeah, we should. Yeah, I guess you like, you know, need to go home at some point. Or I something? actually do. Usually I don't have anything going on Fridays, but I actually do. Today. Uh, the answer anonymous. The backpack fits perfectly under an airplane seat. Yes, I have stowed it under a standard economy seat. Anonymous asks, I've seen you wearing a scan watch in the latest LTT short. I switched to one for my Samsung watch and the month-long battery has been life-changing. We'd love to hear your opinion on it so far. I haven't even set... Oh, I actually have my Galaxy watch on this morning because I really wanted to know what time it is. But then I forgot to turn it on because sometimes the battery dies before the end of the day. I only even use it as a watch, so like it's pretty stupid, which is why I thought maybe I'll switch to the scan watch. But I haven't even set the time on it yet, which is why I put this on this morning. But then I apparently didn't check the time anyway, so that's where I'm at on that. Uh, Kristen, or Kirsten, excuse me. I'm trying to create a new machine that doubles both as a NAS and as a Windows PC as a media machine. Any recommendations on software? Is Unraid still the best choice for this? Unraid is definitely still the easiest choice for that. That's probably the route that I would go for that. Uh, bear in mind that your hardware configuration is going to matter a lot. Like getting a motherboard that properly supports uh, PCIe pass-through and all of that is really important. Joshua says... What is that one game that you've spent an obnoxious amount of time in? I mean, Luke uh, Luke found one of mine when he came over for gaming last weekend. <laughs> Dude, I got owned. Uh, <laughs> what was it? NHL 96? NHLPA 93. PA 93. I spent like hundreds of hours on that as a kid, and it turns out the muscle memory is still there, baby. I destroyed him playing as the Hartford Whalers Little against like All-Stars East. Uh, the boy's the boy's a gamer, man. Yeah. But okay, to be clear, that was still that was with me playing as uh, Toronto, which was also like a two rated team, uh, or the Senators or something, which were even worse. They're rated one. That was the last game where the ratings for the players were absolutely brutal. There's a player who's rated a one out of a hundred. <laughs> And they got a lot more like nice about it later. Right. So things ended up being kind of actually less realistic. Yeah. But that particular player was not realistic. He's so slow. He like barely moves. It's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Anyway, um, so that was me playing as I think Ottawa against All-Stars East. When he said he thought he could beat me the other way around as well. And I scored like five goals in the first period or something like Ooh. that. He's like, okay, you were right. <laughs> so he's not actually better than me at the game, but he's better than you at the game. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I beat Luke every time. It was kind of ah. it was kind of brutal. Uh, if you if you look at like Steam stats, mine would be Slave Aspire. I don't think that's actually true though. It's mine too. Uh, yeah. Do, do you, like I'll have it, Slave Aspire will have a clock in the corner that'll mm. show you how long it takes you to do a game. If I actually sit there and play it through, I can fly through them because I've played it a lot. But I've completed games that have my <laughs> like game time is like many days because it's just like minimized in the background. It doesn't take like any system resources. The sound is muted anyways. Right. So it just it there's so much time, but it's so incredibly unrealistic. I don't know. Like I I went on a trip once and I leave my computer on because I need to be able to remote into it sometimes and stuff. Right. And I came back from the trip and realized that Slave the Spire was left running the whole time. So I had one game that took me like a week and a half to beat. My Steam like, oh, stats whatever. are totally messed up from benchmarking. That makes sense. Like, yeah. according to Steam, I've spent like hundreds of hours in like Crisis or something like Probably that. Probably a lot in like Far Cry 3 and stuff like stuff that. Stuff like that, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Wait, holy crap. We didn't announce the new merch. Oh, yeah. Elemental is back, I'm ladies and gentlemen. It. Is there is there any like messaging for it or anything? 
Uh, there is. There's a discount code. Oh, well, look at that. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna change my shirt. I'm gonna change my shirt. Uh, I'm gonna set screen. I'm gonna set screen cap. Holy crap! We didn't even. I also have the variants here. We didn't even pimp the the new merch. Okay. Uh, there's here you pink go. now. There's never been pink before. Yeah, there's two new colors that have never before been seen. There's pink, yellow, purple, and white. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We have so many different colors. So much room for color activities. And if you want them all, you can get four for 50 bucks with the code ELEMENTAL4. No spacing, and the four is the digit, not F-O-U-R. It's just the number four. You can get them all. Or I think you could just get four of the same color if that's what you really wanted to do, but... Yeah. I'm back, and I, um, I actually... I had someone... on the pre-show stream notice that you were wearing an elemental and they were like, um, isn't that that shirt that you guys said was a huge failure and like didn't sell? And why, why are you wearing it? And the answer is because people absolutely love elemental when it's four for 50 because $13 each for the same quality tees as all of our other shirts, just with like, the elemental design is a great freaking deal. So every time we run the elemental promo, people love it. So I actually am super into it because we don't lose money. We just don't make money at that price. So you only live once, right, ladies and gentlemen? Um, each time that we've done it, this is the third wave now, we've kept the best-selling colors of the previous wave and introduced two new ones, two new designs. So Lloyd did up the two new ones. Guys, uh, go check them out. We should have lots of stock because we're ready for you guys to absolutely crush the site on this one. Elemental Shirts, they're back. Uh, Johnny Iron asks, are the Elemental Shirts printed on the LTT blanks or still the AA shirts? The answer is American Apparel. So LTT blanks in black are coming, but we did a pretty conservative first order on them because... You never know, right? Even if you get really great samples, maybe they're golden samples. Maybe the production quality is not great. So we were pretty conservative. Now that we've seen them and we've seen the community's reaction, they're coming. They're absolutely coming. Big time, but they're not here yet. So yeah. these are American Apparel. Yeah. Cool. All More right. merch messages? Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, we should have Bell read them. Right, yeah. right. So our producer is actually participating in the show. Bell, hit me. Hello, I'm back. Good. Uh, would you ever consider using a game engine like Unity or Unreal as a part of your benchmarking? I'm an indie dev and thought it might be useful. That's from Noah. Uh, we would, but the issue that we have around that is that it's a very niche use case. And until recently, we didn't have anyone with any experience in that field. So that's been an obstacle. Mason asks, who's the most talented gamer you've ever gamed with? That's interesting because we've done videos with a lot of Twitch streamers. Yeah, I mean, Corey. Corey and Shroud. Like, yeah. Luke wasn't there for that. No. Uh, so, okay. How about you? Um, that nose dude is definitely up there. He's a Rocket League, ex Rocket League pro. I don't think he's playing anymore. Um, Scara. Yeah. I never actually gamed with Ammunition, but I did do a video with her. Technically, did I even really game with Corey? 
I guess not. So Shroud then. You gamed with him? We did we did a challenge head to head. Okay. Where we tried to snipe each other across the map. I count that. Yeah, that counts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's gonna be Shroud then. James asks, do you think Valve might incentivize developers to make more games Proton compatible if they offered a less uh, percentage cut of the game and Steam if they support it for an X amount of time after launch? I think Valve could do that. I think Valve will not do that. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to kill that golden goose until they are legislatively forced to. Armin asks uh, about the iPad versus Tab S8, but to be more general... How do you feel about the current Android versus iPad tablet space? You know what? For me, tablets are just iPads at this point. I haven't given the latest tab a fair shake though. So I don't wanna I don't wanna come out and and and, and say that necessarily, but that's that's where I've been at for a while. Uh Iron Dog asks, what about Fatality Wendell? I've met Jonathan Wendell, but I, I have never gamed with him. Yeah. I wanna make my home smart. And I'm having trouble determining the correct ecosystem. We use iOS phones, but everything else is Windows. I also have plans to install cameras and a NAS. Do you have a recommended ecosystem? I know a lot of you don't like having to rely on a certain ecosystem, but do you have a preference if you did? Uh, I couldn't answer this question, which is why I ultimately went Home Assistant, so that I had something to bridge together disparate ecosystems. That's the only answer I was able to come up with. Sorry. Yeah, it seems like there's not really an easy one to choose nowadays. Uh, I use Google, but I mean, do you trust big tech? Probably not. There Honestly, you go. don't do any home automation. My place is very small, so I don't really see a need to. Dustin asks, do you guys ever think about showing how to network boot systems from a single image like in all of your LAN center PCs? That's been on our videos to make list for like five or six years. Uh, we'll do it eventually. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, we really need to do it. We know. And final question here from Cody. My professor finally played a video from TechQuickie in class discussing heat-assisted magnetic recording. Any other cool storage tech you can recommend looking up? Uh, here's some money to make up for her skipping the sponsor read. That's awesome. Uh, any other cool storage tech? Man, that's a good question. I think there's stuff coming. Yeah, Hammer's, Hammer's kind of cutting edge for magnetic storage anyway. Yeah. And we got one more merch message from Rachel. Dedicated sound cards gradually became less and less popular because the onboard audio is good enough for most things. Do you think something similar could happen to GPUs in the future? If Apple has their way, it will. Yeah. I mean, even their their studio Mac uses, I mean, it's a big onboard GPU, but it's an onboard GPU. I think that's the future Apple sees, whether that arrives for gaming in our... Lifetimes, uh, harder to say. Yeah, the M1 is a, is a great machine. I use it for editing LMG clips instead of my RTX 2080 Super because it is faster for my rendering. Uh, and it's just just a laptop. That's hilarious. That's crazy. Oh, man. Of course, people are spamming merch Jumping messages now. now. We, we waited to, to promo the new stuff. I know. Until the end. Oh, sorry, guys. Zachary says, I'm sending this late, so you'll probably not read it. Uh, but will you consider not censoring swearing on Floatplane? I'll consider it, but I don't think we're going to do it. Personally, I just find bleeps more comical anyway. So 
that's my personal preference, and I am still also, the god king of Linus Media Group until such time as I am not. There's also a lot of hosts, when they are swearing, they are swearing with the understanding that it is going to be bleeped. Yes. So it's a little, like, there's some stuff that hosts wouldn't necessarily want to say if they thought it wasn't being For sure. Bleeped. I mean, a lot of people's mothers watch our videos. Yeah. That was Riley's mom, by the way, in the April Fool's video. I was trying to figure out because I was like, that's not your mom. That's not your aunt. So who is this? <laughs> I was wondering if it was like an, an actual representative from that popcorn company. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah, that's funny. Oh man, merch messages, guys. They're coming in, they're coming in too hot and too heavy. Ooh. Whatever happened to the gym bag fan idea? We haven't done a gym bag. We sh we should absolutely do one. I totally forgot about it, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, matter of time, matter of time. Okay, okay, we got to cut it off here because Luke has somewhere to go. Yep. Thank you guys very much for tuning in to The WAN Show. We will see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Uh, we're going to have to push this ubiquity topic. Remind us next week, we got to talk about ubiquity suing Brian Krebs. Uh, it was a yeah. big topic for us this week, but we didn't get to it. Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. We didn't talk about Sony taking on Game Pass, even though that was one of our highlighted topics. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> it's just like actually 7.30. Yeah, we need to go. Um, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>